Welcome to Marvelicious Toys. Hosted by Justin and his amazing friends, Arnie and Marjorie. We bring you news and reviews of Marvel toys, statues, and more. Because not all Marvel collections can be bagged and boarded. They're not just toys, they're Marvelicious. Hello and welcome to our second issue of our 2012 Marvel retrospective look back at the year. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie. I'm Justin. Joining us once again is Dan. Hey guys, how are you? Good to be back. Jason. Hello everyone. Jeff. Hey there again. And Jerry. Hey everybody, how's it going? And last week we looked at all of the movie-based toys that came out this year and certainly it feels like Avengers has dominated the year, but really there's so much more to Marvel collecting long before there were these Marvel movies. There have been these Marvel toys, and I think that the core of most of our collecting comes down to Hasbro with Marvel Universe and then this year, the triumphant return of Marvel Legends. So we'll go down the line and tell us what your big Hasbro non-movie purchases and thoughts on this year are. Jeff, we'll start with you. Well, I mean, if you're not including movies and it's Hasbro, <laughs> all that's left is Marvel Universe and Marvel Legends, really. Um, for me, definitely the Marvel Legends. I've long been a main collector of three and three quarter inch figures ever since Star Wars, and that's always just been the perfect size to me. And when these first started coming out, they really grabbed my attention because you could just get so much more out of them. And so when they brought them back, I saw them, I went into a Toys R Us on my way up to like Santa Barbara, and they had this whole first wave in. And it really annoyed me because I, it was the day right before payday, and I didn't, I couldn't afford any of them really. So I, I picked up, uh, uh, the Commander Rogers figure, cause that, that one just, man, that's just such a classic 60s design character for me, even with a modern outfit, that, that head. But then when I saw, you know, had all the, all the different parts to build Terax, it's like, oh, okay, that's it. I, I have to buy all of these. I'm not, I could have done without the Constrictor figure. Uh, I love Claw. He's always been a favorite of mine ever since Secret Wars. So it was really awesome to see him in figure form. And then that was right around the time when I came on board with you guys and Justin had just shot that entire wave and I got to edit them all. And, and that was it. That I saw that and I, that from that point, I started actively seeking them out and looking for them online and, uh, eventually getting them all. And, well, it's, that's, that snowballed into wave two and then finally wave three showing up and, that link you guys found last week where they were under 10 bucks each on Amazon. I mean, how could you not buy them at that price? So your Marvel Legends done and done. Very cool. Jason, how about you? Uh, like uh, Jeff said, I think, uh, you know, obviously Marvel Universe is kind of where it is uh, for me for the remainder of this year and next. Um, I'm a big fan of the 80s X-Men cartoon, so I'd like to, you know, as figures are released, try to build a build a collection of figures from from that design style of you know like the Jubilee and the Professor X and um, you know Cyclops and whatnot. So uh, that's kind of where kind of where I'll I'll be focusing on. Um, I was never a fan of some of the other comics from Marvel in in that era. So um, anything X Men will be high on my list of characters to pick up. How about Dan? Oh, where do I begin? <laughs> this was the year of of frustration for me. Uh, I'm I'm a big universe fan, as I think you guys know, and it, it was just very difficult to collect Marvel Universe this year because there was nothing to collect. Nothing came out. You had that one wave of repaints that was kind of out last year in December, right before the switch, and then there was a whole lot of nothing. For a long time, because it was all about the movies. And then we kind of switched over towards the end of the summer in the fall, and we started seeing the universe come back out. But there was a lot of repaints, comic packs. Uh, and I just recently picked up a bunch of these because um, I was able to take advantage of some of the sales. And, and it's great to get them because I'm a completist. I want to have them. But at the same time, oh, my God, boring because it's just another Hulk. Uh, another Thor, another Iron Man, another Spider-Man. But at the same time, you also got a very cool Beta Ray Bill, a very cool Beast. Some other characters we may have had a chance to get. And, you know, something that uh, 
Vonner has been pitching for years. <laughs> Paper bag head Spider-Man. He's finally out. That's a very, very cool figure. Glad that uh, he was able to get that. But, you know, <laughs> the sad thing is Vonner is no longer on this line. And I have to wonder, with him gone, does this line really deserve to still be around? And that's sad to say. At the same time, Legends is back. I was never a big fan of Legends. I kind of told Hasbro in the past they should not bring Legends back. Because no matter what they do, it's going to be compared to what Toy Biz did. And Toy Biz, it's a different era, man. It's a different style of sculpting and paint wash and articulation. And there's, there's no budget for that anymore. So it's a very different type of line. I hope it succeeds because more Marvel is better for everybody, but I'm very curious to see what's going to happen next year. I hear what you're saying, and before we go down the line, I think that some of your points really need some discussion here. I mean, you talk about Marvel sure. Universe, and yeah, it is the line that really got me into Marvel collecting. Before there was Iron Man 2, which were the first figures I bought, I was really looking at those Marvel Universe figures on the peg with the gorgeous card art and the detail and all the accessories and everything. And yeah, I mean, everything is a team effort. Everything is coming out by Hasbro. But the face that we saw, the head of it, the mastermind behind it, Mr. David Vonner, we've interviewed him on the show, no longer there. You say, does the line deserve to continue? Well, everything in these toy lines, as you well know, takes a couple of years before it's out. Right. So we're still getting his stuff. The st and we still have a ways to go unless, like so many figures before, like the Ant-Man battle pack and some things out there that have been canceled, it's still his line. Now, the question I have isn't should the line continue? Because my thought is yes, the line should continue. I love that line. Agreed. The question is, can the line maintain or improve its quality? Can it be as good a line as it's been? Or if Hasbro made a change, they obviously thought there was a reason a change was needed. Can they improve the line for the collector market and not improve the line by removing articulation, cutting cost, you know, 10 cents a unit to increase profit? I am 100% with you. I want to see it continued. Absolutely. Because I love it. I just don't know if the passion is still there. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff that was planned that hasn't come out yet. And frankly, there's a lot of, there's a lot of repaint and kit bash potential that they could make lots of different outfits. I mean, we talked last week about the Wolverine line. You know, we've seen those characters already. Iron Man, we've seen those characters already, but there's a lot that you could still do. And I hope they try to find some way to continue it. However, what has been happening the past few years is the line gets the shaft as soon as the movie lines start coming out. And I hope that doesn't happen. I hope they put a little more drive behind it. I know they're very excited about Legends coming back. But if you look at Legends, it's a lot of the same sculpts being reused, which is fine. But some of those characters I would like to see in Universe, not necessarily in Legends, which is ironic because... That's how old school Legends fans feel about Universe. So, you know, what are you going to do? And admittedly, they're using a lot of the same sculpts, but that is, again, how Marvel Universe got started, too. I mean, yep. if you look at, I always go back to Doc Samson for some reason as the character with the most body paint. <laughs> it's not like they sculpted sleeves. I mean, I've seen Chippendale dancers that were less defined. Actually, right. I have never seen a Chippendales dancer, and I need to make that damn clear on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Other than the Patrick Swayze, Chris Farley sketch on SNL. <laughs> One thing I'd like to see them do is incorporate some kind of uniform theme between the two lines. It doesn't have to be, oh, we've got Captain America in this scale and in this scale. But what if we had some of the bigger characters in a Legends line that was compatible with the universe scale? I would like to see them do that. I don't know that they will. I don't think they're going to bring the Icons series back. But it's kind of like what they did with the Icon series. They brought him back and we got Giant Man. We got the Super Scroll. You know what I mean? So there's still potential to do stuff. I just don't know that the people running the show now are thinking along those same lines. Well, yeah, Curto, what you're saying really comes back to my main thing with Hasbro because it's it's the focus. I feel like it's 
not only scattershot, but it's it's all over the place, and at the same time, it's nowhere. But if we're going to talk about the quality of the figures, beyond the repaint wave that we got at the beginning of the year in MU, I feel like the quality is continuing to go up because they're finally getting some of these new figures in with the new articulation, which is great. And with the exception of Jubilee, for whatever reason, who got through quality control with her eye halfway down her face on a good number of samples out there, it's been it's been pretty good. You know, I haven't seen a lot of sloppy figures out there. I haven't seen too many with, you know, two left feet or anything like that. But you say that, but I did get a thing figure with two left hands. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> And I got a Captain America with no pupils, so he looked like a z- zombie or something like that. Oh, my. I've heard Jubilee tends to break. I don't have her yet. Mine did. My Jubilee broke right at her arm. I went to a toy show last weekend and talked to a guy who runs an actual like multi-outlet chain, and he said the Jubilees have been so bad, he's talked about just routing them off of the pegs and sending them back to Hasbro, saying they were defective upon arrival and to ask for replacements. And it's 100% eye issues. He only brought to the show two Jubilees, and they're because they're the only ones that he even deemed close to acceptable. Wow. I had the same issue with the She-Hulk. I mean, I've gone through like, I found that thing eight times in the stores before I finally found one that it was good enough. It's like how those Indiana Jones figures were when they first came out. Oh yes. Oh uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? I have a I have the Kang, the three and three quarters Kang that just came out, and I cannot keep his right leg in his hip on that ball socket. It won't stay on for nothing. I mean, it just dangles, and I finally got him on like a little clear peg stand to where he just stands. But if you stare at him long enough, the thing will pop off. Well, I think that proves my point about the quality being good this year. Jeez. <laughs> no, you're, 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 you, you nailed it, dude. <laughs> you were the, the four examples, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there. I mean, there are certainly enough characters and enough bucks that they could continue to do a lot more of uh, you know characters in the Marvel Universe, and I, I hope that they do continue uh, to do that going forward. I'm still waiting for the missing wave. Where's Hercules and Nighthawk and Nova? What happened to that wave? That was supposed to be the wave before February, the February. Numbered wise, that wave was slated before Professor X. Right. Well, we'll all find out in February what's happening. <laughs> Let us hope. I would say the whole impact of the movie figures to Dan, what you're talking about with the universe kind of being in and out, that kind of worked for me because I enjoy buying fewer figures you know in my collecting this year it's, <laughs> you know, how do i how do i say that and not make it sound like i'm like losing interest because i mean it, it totally the total opposite is true my interest is high but i enjoy the pace I, I i think it's fine to say to buy a few figures here a few figures there I, i'm glad i'm not being just beat over the head with new waves and new figures and i have to admit I, i've been finding most of what i've been looking for i've been able to find one or two Scarlet Witches. They're not, they're not plentiful, but I've been able to find, you know, one for me, and and that's great. Like I said earlier, you know, the Kang figure here, and you know, I passed on some Beta Ray Bills. I'm not really down with him. Don't know too much about him. Don't need him in my collection, but I've been able to get get what I was looking for. I did just get, I did just recently get the Professor X though from Hasbro Toy Shop, and I was blown away by that figure. And because, like some folks have already mentioned this week and last about that being the 90s Fox animated series version, and I was just wowed by that figure. I, you know, I have the, the Toy Biz one of, of that same chair, and I just, I love them together. It's, it's, it's really funny. And I, I think they've, even if we hadn't been getting a lot of Marvel Universe, I like what we've been getting, and I, I hope that continues. Marvel Legends, I, I don't buy. I, I'm not, into that um, scale, that 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 line at all. So I'm good on that. So I I know we've been focusing a little bit here on Hasbro. But the one line that I have been getting into, movie and non-movie, the the one that I continue to be just really impressed about, can't help but to buy is the Marvel Select, the the Diamond Select 
line that um and i have a disney store you know there's a disney store here locally in cincinnati so i can readily find the ones i like i love that new hulk i love the movie hulk that's one of my favorite lines this year i've been focusing marvel select on the john byrne era x-men figures as they've been coming out really really enjoying those and i'm about to pick up Storm, but I think I'm going to wait till Nightcrawler comes out, then I can have the rest of the team. I picked up both Storms. I wish they'd gone Mohawk, but I understand she never wore the Mohawk in that. Right. But I agree with you, Jerry. I said that on the show, that I think it was around the summer when Marvel Universe had just not been around, and Marvel Legends, we'd seen the first round of Wave 2, and that was it. And I think that, overall, Marvel select from diamond is the one where every single figure impresses me from their spider-man line where it's kind of hard even though there's some repaints and some head swaps going on it's my choice if i choose to buy the variants or not the same thing with storm and the two minorly different hairstyles that's my call and i know that i got into it the way justin did for the kind of chunky figures like juggernaut and abomination and hulk and then i kind of went into the zombie figures and then i kind of went into the female figures with phoenix and black cat and now it's like by and large they are so good some of their figures could use a bit more articulation like the spider-man re-release they did in the disney pack yeah his articulation is kind of sucky it's really hard to pose him in a spider-man-y way but even when the articulation isn't there the paint and the sculpts are and i am endlessly impressed with that line i have to agree with you guys there i like you said arnie i'm not all in on marvel select by any stretch of the imagination but i do end up picking up more than than i would think at the beginning of the year you know this year i picked up the chitari and the movie lizard and you know movie hulk so i suppose all the ones i picked up this year were movie tie-ins but all of those fit in into my eye with my marvel legends collection i'm curious guys if diamond had put out avengers versions of captain america and thor and mark 7 iron man would you have bought them almost certainly Tell that to the Diamond rep next time you talk to him, Arnie. I think that their license is such that there's only so many they can do, and the movie licenses are different. I'd have to go back and re-listen to my interview with him at Comic-Con for all those details, but yeah, there's a lot of limitations to what they can do. And truthfully, I agree with Jerry. If they'd put them out, I would have bought them. But would I have rather had a Mark Seven Iron Man than this kick-ass Venom they're coming out with? Would I have rather have had one of those figures instead of the Lizard or the Agent Venom? Not necessarily. Now, I want to go way back to what Dan had said, and we kind of talked about the Marvel Universe thing, but then you talked about the Marvel Legends and saying, Marvel Legends, it's not Toy Biz anymore, it's not the same thing. Can you explain a little bit more what you meant about how Marvel Legends today compare to the Marvel Legends of its heyday? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, back in the day, <laughs> um, Marvel Legends in the beginning was very focused on adding articulation. I mean, multiple, multiple points of articulation. The, the paint apps, they had washes, they had everything that, you know, it, it made them all stand out. They're really works of art, kind of like what McFarlane used to do, but McFarlane was more statue with some articulation. Whereas Toy Biz, they were very poseable, very much into the sculpting and just pushing the boundaries. Hasbro, completely different company. When they took over the line, you started seeing like almost immediately back in, in what was it, 07, the paint apps were just very simple. The sculpting, well, some of the sculpts were the same ones as before, but the newer characters were, they didn't have the articulated fingers anymore, for example. They're more toys. They're more solid. Kids are going to bash them together. And this, I think, is what's high in their minds, right? When you started getting Universe coming out, you started to see more attention to articulation, more attention to the paint washes. And then Legends, they kind of kept Legends around for, you know, like one or two sets throughout the year, maybe a couple of exclusives. But they're very simple. And the, the figures that they're coming out now is kind of going back a little bit. But I used to kind of say to them, to Hasbro when I would talk to them at shows or Toy Fair or Comic-Con or whatever, you know, let Legends be 
as it was. Do something new. And, well, they did. Superhero Squad. That was new. <laughs> I loved them in the beginning. I kind of lost track of them over time. They seem to be phased out now with a few movie sets here and there, uh, which is good. But uh, now that the universe is coming back, I hope that they do kind of go back to the added points of articulation. However, I have a little bit of concern because if you look at some of their other lines, they seem to be taking away articulation. I know it's all costs, but... But I think given that before this year, the only Marvel Legends we'd really seen are a couple of two-packs from a couple of years back, back when this podcast was brand new. The two-packs that got me into Marvel Legends with the Black Widow and Winter Soldier and Hulk and right. Valkyrie. And those started off priced at like $40 a piece and ended up priced at $60 a piece, and they couldn't keep them in stock. Prior to that, there were about six different waves that they had done. Uh, two of them were, well, let's see, one of them was exclusive to Target. One of them was exclusive to Walmart. Right, I remember those, but... Yeah, and they spun off a Fantastic Four one when that movie came, the last movie came out with the Surfer, mm-hmm. but it was all comic-based, which was kind of cool. And they kind of did the same thing with X-Men Origins Wolverine with some of the comic-based repaints and whatnot. Right. But I really have to think that those were more toys, and those hung around and those didn't sell. But those, I'm looking at the Toys R Us packs as almost a turning point for the Hasbro's handling of the line and saying, we're not even going to aim these at kids. We're going to make these collector's market figures outside of the price point and just make them something kids can't afford to buy. I think we're still seeing that. I mean, the Legends <laughs> average around 20 bucks a piece. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Arnie, because, you know... I've been around Marvel Legends for most of the most of the line and I can see both sides of the fence that on this conversation that is constantly going on. A lot of people think that Toy Biz could do no wrong and Hasbro screwed it up and I hear other people saying that oh yeah that Toy Biz stuff looks kind of old and chintzy and the newer stuff is where it's at. And I think if you just take them both as a whole, I think they both did some things really well and some things not so well. But as a general rule, I feel like Hasbro has upped their game with the Marvel Legends as of late. I agree with you on that one, Justin. The The thing that I find curious about that comment is you kind of almost have to ask, which Toy Biz figures are you talking about? Because there was a whole series, lots and lots of 5-inch scale figures, X-Men, Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, Fantastic Four, all just... It was like the golden age of, of, of collecting. Then they came out with Legends, and they kind of went up an inch or two, and then everything else sort of phased out as far as like the toy aspects, the spring-loaded hands. Those are the kind of goofy things that – I, mean, I, was, I wasn't a kid, but I was younger than I am now. I kind of liked – I didn't maybe know enough that I didn't – to not like them. Because when they did it with Star Wars, I absolutely hated it. But it was okay with my superhero figures. Kind of weird. But when Legends really started getting into like the build a figures, say around around I don't know, twelve or thirteen maybe, it, they they really started paying more attention to the paint apps and the sculpting. And you, I mean, the Black Panther, for example, is just like ridiculously detailed for a guy. It's in a simple black suit, and he's got like texture on his arms. It's, it's you have to go check it out if you don't if you haven't already. This new oh, Black he's a Panther, great figure for sure. Yeah, the new one that they just showed at New York Comic Con, sad. <laughs> sad. But I guess that's where you can nitpick, you know, right down to each individual character. For me, I love the old Black Panther figure, and you yeah. talked about individually, you know, articulated fingers earlier. To me, I think that figure doesn't need it. I think it looks a little strange on that one. And there's been some Spider-Man figures in the old Legends line that has each individual finger articulated. And it just, to me, being the guy arguing against articulation just feels odd. But I think sometimes you can <laughs> too much, you know. I hear it. But looking at what's come out this year, you know, to kind of bring this conversation back around since it's a year in review show. Yep, yep. I think that what I completely agree with what Justin said about upping their game. Now, I think this third recent wave is kind of a mixed bag. I'm really excited by the fact that we're getting Punisher and Blade as these 
running variants because they're both kick-ass versions of the figures. I do wish that they'd continued with the Build-A-Figure. I kind of like buy five figures, get one free. It makes me feel like more bang for my buck than reused stands that were left over from the Avengers and Spider-Man line. But the way they've handled the variants and the running changes to give us the Wrecking Crew, to give us the Madams, to give us the X-Women, I think that that is a really smart way to keep collectors engaged and to get a depth into the line that matches what I'm learning through retrospect of the Toy Biz days. Is the articulation all that the Toy Biz was? I wouldn't necessarily say so, but are the sculpts? Hell yeah. I go to these Toy Man toy shows now every month, and I'm constantly browsing and buying Toy Biz Marvel Legends, and the stuff Hasbro's giving stands right next to them, and where it counts, it has the articulation that it needs. This year, they... I mentioned they said that they were going to do one wave, they did three, and that's because they couldn't believe how much the first wave sold, and it sold because it kicks ass. These are great figures. I never thought I would get into Marvel Legends because of the chases, because of the crazy collecting bit. I didn't want the hunt, but these figures are so good that they're worth it. Agreed. I mean, and that, as a testament to that, just look how fast the San Diego Comic-Con three-pack sold out. That was, you know, at $50, that was a pretty pretty right on price, you know, just a little bit of a premium over the cost of three figures. But that was the first thing gone from from Hasbro's booth. The Wave 1 4 from this year, I, I, challenge, I stacked that up against any figure, Toy Biz or not. That thing is fantastic, and I don't even care about Thor. Yeah, it is cool. Um, with me, with Legends, um, it's not a line that I collect, you know, collect, but I do appreciate it as far as, you know, them being able to work in the variants and stuff. I wish, I wish Hasbro would spill that over to another line that I collect. I, I like the, as far as them being variants and intentional, you know, it's, it's a cool thing and it's a cool nod to the collectors of, of the Legends line. So, like I said, it's not, it's not my thing to pick up, but, I, I appreciate the, the offerings that are in that line. Now, with the exception of, you know, the wave that's just now coming out at the end of the year, the newer wave, has anybody found any figures from the previous waves that are just impossible to find? Because I feel like some are harder to find at the beginning, but eventually, I personally feel like I've seen everything at retail at least once or twice, even with the variants. It seems like the variants are actually more readily available than the normal versions. Very true. Which is weird, but good. But has there been any, you know, any figures from these first couple waves that have just been super duper rare and hard to come by? Because just, I mean, looking at what goes on on Amazon, you can kind of tell how many figures are left out there in the wild just based on the price of some of them. The one that's always been the, that I thought I would never see until I found out at one time was the, uh, the Commander Rogers with the clear shield. And I found that one day at a Walmart just hanging all by itself on the peg. It was the only, Six-inch figure there. It was in the Avengers section. But before that, I had never seen that anywhere. Haven't seen it since. Every uh, Everything else from the first two waves... Oh, you know, Madam Mask. She's not really showing up anywhere now. It's all Madam Hydra. Um, That's the one that I was thinking, too, is Madam, yeah. Madam Mask. Is She's kind of thin in the air. Have you found the masked version of Dokken? Yeah. The masked version is pretty uh, readily available here. Okay. The blue Iron Man extremist, that one isn't showing up anymore. It's all red. Although for a time it was, yeah, for a time it was just nothing but blue. <laughs> yeah, some of those variants have been really hard to find. And of course, with the third wave, I've not seen any of the other versions. I've seen Punisher, not Blade. I've seen Mystique, not Moonstar. Well, that's, that's kind of the point I'm getting at is, is, you know, we get all excited when a new wave starts to ship and, you know, we go get them right away. But I feel like, Patience may pay off with these Marvel Legends because almost everything from this line so far is still readily available online at, you know, I can't, we can't think of one that's overly priced on the secondary market right now. So there's a testament to the popularity of the line, but also the availability of it as well. Well, if you want to talk articulation and sculpts and all of that, you know, we can argue Marvel Legend. We can argue Diamond Select. Can we just all agree Hot Toys wins? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Last year, I caught up 
on the hot toys that Marjorie and I were missing. And yet, I still bought less, catching up to on every hot toy released with the exception of the crazy, high-priced San Diego Comic-Con exclusive unpainted Mark II. But all the rest, and I've still bought less hot toys than I bought this year with that Avengers line. They really did put the pedal to the metal on this line over the last year. But they also upped their game. You know, we're talking about articulation. I remember so many episodes, Justin, you and I talking about the Hot Toys and you going, but what about that Hulk? How are they going to do the arms? How are they going to do it? And then they just blow you away with how they do it. <laughs> Very true. I mean, and look, there's there must be some perfectionists over there because they even have gone back and redone a handful of characters that they already had produced and not not just because of demand. They could have just re-released, you know, the Iron Man Mark One, but they went back and redid it because to their eye, there was something not up to par with where they currently are with articulation and sculpting. And Jason, you finally got into just starting to customize your own this year. I mean, you're using real true type bodies and such being new to the line, but you've collected 12 inch figures in other lines. How do you feel they stack up? Um, hot toys are i mean they're the cream of the crop as far as articulation and detail and paint and just with what they can achieve in sculpting as far as the likeness of the figure is beyond amazing i mean if i had the option i would probably pick up the avengers hot toys line if i could especially that hulk um that would probably might be my first first one followed shortly thereafter by the the Iron Man one, and then Captain America. It's just a line that, I mean, I, I envy I envy you that you could be able to pick all those up. But, uh, man, those that's that's an amazing amount of detail and craftsmanship that goes into those figures, and I would love to get them. FlexPay, my man. FlexPay is the only way to go. Yeah, I, like I said <laughs> earlier, or like I said last week, I, I would have, uh, I almost pulled the trigger on that uh, Mark 7, but... Uh, We'll see what this year brings. I, I still might do it. And then we'll see what happens after that. I mean, it's FlexPay or credit cards, and FlexPay doesn't charge interest. Wait, exactly. you're customizing hot toys? <laughs> yeah, well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds like the, the, the ultimate in money spend. <laughs> to get some extras of any hot toy so you can, you know, improve the paint. And Jerry, you're the reason. You're the one who caused him to do it. I know. You know, it was a Sunday morning. I ran across, I don't even know how I found this auction. I forwarded it to Arnie and suddenly it's the, it's the subject of like four Marvelicious toys in a, uh, shows in a row. <laughs> yeah. I hope they don't make anyone up, <laughs> any of the other figures in street clothes because I'll be in trouble probably. <laughs> oh, that would so rock the Steve Rogers in like just u standard uniform. Or you the know, clothes you know, he wears when he gets boxing. to the helicarrier. Yeah, his punching bag, yeah. <laughs> if he came with a bunch, of, I'd have to customize some punching bags. That'd be great. Of course, he needs like seven punching bags. Yeah. Right. Jason, you're missing out, though, because you could take these bodies and buy them and sell them for 130 to idiots like me who can't make them and buy your Avengers collection of hot toys for free. I know. Yeah, I would uh, pay you 80 bucks for a punching bag if I didn't know it was you, because I'd be an idiot. I'd be like, oh, I need that punching bag. Buy it at the cart. Buy it now. <laughs> I do have to hand it to you, Jason. That that was a very impressive mod and just a nice use of little found items to make that arc reactor. Yeah, to be honest, I'm surprised how decent it's turned out so far. Um, one word of warning to the outfit, if you to those who have bought it, the stitching is not the greatest, so it can, like, the seams will split easily, so be careful, because you have to stretch it, obviously, over to get it over the body of whatever buck you're using, and repeated removals and dressings of the figure can wear, can wear on those seams, and I'm getting a little bit of separation in the armpits of the t-shirt, of the outer t-shirt for, for Tony here, so... Well, now you just need a one sixteenth scale sewing machine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll make one. <laughs> See, now this—I um, saw—I said on last week's show that I had bought a 
Captain America Hot Toys. And I was like, okay, I can't go down this path. I'm going to want the whole team. So I sold it, etc., etc. But this year I have been unable to not pick up several different, what I consider just core Incredible Hulk figures. Like, you know, in the spirit of timely reviews, I went back and, and bought this really nice, superposable, super articulation version of the Hulk from the original Ang Lee Hulk. You know, that movie line that Toy Biz did. Really liked that. Picked up two or three selects along the way. I had, I had to pre-order the Hot Toys Hulk. I don't have the whole team. See, I, I, I can limit it to just Hulk because I have so many just different Hulk figures. I could limit it to just Hulk. That's just, that was too good to pass up. See, and to transition a little bit, that's how I feel about what Sideshow's doing with their premium format figures is I like some of their premium formats. This year is the first year that I decided, you know, maybe I'll get a premium format figure from Marvel. And it started with a waitlist pre-order of Avengers Black Widow, but I've seen in person the Thor from the Thor movie and the Captain America they did, and both of them I just look at and they leave me cold. But then I see that Hulk comicette they've come out with, which is basically the same as the premium format, only no soft goods. And damn is that thing impressive. And yeah, I don't need to assemble the entire Avengers. They don't go together that well. Their bases aren't uniform. They don't fit. It's not a puzzle piece where I'm going to be missing one if I skip it. I can just have a really awesome Mark Ruffalo likeness Hulk and go with it. I have not pre-ordered it because there's no exclusive. I'm honestly hoping for a bargain, but it is a gorgeous, gorgeous piece. Yeah, I was impressed with that comic cat when I when I saw it on, on Side Joe's site. And it'd be a great focus piece or or any kind of highlight piece in anyone's collection that the thing looks like it's photographed in the right light. You couldn't tell it wasn't living. You can't talk about Sideshow Premium Formats without bringing up the Deadpool again. That thing was super impressive at Comic-Con and, and in person. And they just, I feel like they really just nailed that one right down to the paint apps and everything. Yeah, that one is phenomenal. Seeing it at Comic-Con, I had only waitlisted the Black Widow at that point. But I honestly feel that Sideshow's Comic-Con display sent me down a really, really dark path of, like, not all the premium formats are good. There are some that are really just truly poor. But some of those look so much nicer in person than their photography can say. And that's why I've kind of built up a bit of an X-team in premium format this year. And I don't see myself going movie-style Avengers. But if I could just get Hulk and Widow, I think I'd be happy. I think you're lying. (laughs) The other thing that really impressed me this year, I think, that I got into for the first time this year is the Legendary Scale bus. They had the Stealth Armor Iron Man ridiculously cheap, and I picked him up. And then I ended up with a Spider-Man, and these things are a nice piece at a reasonable price. And I haven't pre-ordered the Mark 7 one, because it's one of the more expensive ones. It's the first one to have like a full-on arm and light-up features. Again, kind of hoping for a bargain. But that is a line that they've put just a lot of sculpting into and a lot of detail and are really nice centerpiece items that don't have the price tag or the space requirements of those full-size busts. Yeah, there's been a few of those that have caught my eye. I still haven't, you know taking a step off of the diving board on any of those yet, but not for lack of quality and awesomeness on their part, just more of a space issue for me. I hear ya. Believe me, I hear ya. <laughs> the only one I didn't buy, and he they had him for a hundred bucks and I skipped, was the Ghost Rider. And maybe he looks really good in person, but the pictures online, he looked like a cereal box cover. He looked like booberry to me. <laughs> But from those busts, I mean, Gentle Giant also has made a huge hit this year. They announced their license last year. A lot of the busts they'd first announced, like Black Cat, still haven't shipped. But they've come out with so much this year. I haven't gotten too deep into them. Do any of you guys do the Gentle Giant stuff at all? Uh, Not for Marvel, no. Um, If I were to pull trigger on any of them, it would probably be either the Iron Man or the Hulk. I mean, obviously the Hulk one is massive and and as it should be 
one compared to the, some of the other busts, but the Iron Man one was very tempting with its light-up features and stuff, but uh, I haven't pulled the trigger on any of those yet. Um, I have kind of the same viewpoint as Justin does, where I look at a bust and I think it's kind of like you know half of an action figure, and I prefer the full thing. Also, I'm not really too much into statues, uh, but you know, for the bust things, they're just they're a lot of them. I mean, I've seen you know some that that aren't you bought this year, particularly that that stealth Iron Man. And when I was looking over the photos of that, that thing is it really is just absolutely gorgeous. The 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 paint and the detail and everything, everything's so vivid. But even as great as it is, they're just for me personally, they're just not the kind of bust that I'm willing to throw money at or stick in between. I think for me, and if we can look at this from a larger perspective, I think why I'm so much attracted to the legendary scale bus and why I'm kind of avoiding the Bowen busts and the gentle giant bus, except in real special occasions like Throg and the Deadpool family, is because I've gone down the minibus path with Star Wars, and I have most of the gentle giant minibus from Star Wars, and I had them all on display, and I looked at them, and I went, hmm, that looks cluttered they just had so many and when they just had the handful they were so special and so well detailed and when it got to be a deep line you stopped seeing the individual sculpts and the individual gorgeousness and started seeing a whole bunch of people cut in half and i i have to say if i were to start over with star wars I don't know that I'd go down the mini bust path because the prices have gone up and the Marvel ones, the ones I look at and go, ooh, I would like the Hulk. Again, that Mark Ruffalo Hulk. They did a great job from the pics I've seen. Or the Venom. We saw the Venom at Comic-Con. The thing's huge. But they command about $100 or more shipped. And I'm like, that's a lot for a mini bust. When I started getting mini busts, they were in the 40 to 50 range. So I think it's a mixture of cost plus having had a hundred minibus on display at one time and gone, yeah, it's not all I had thought it was cracked up to be. I think I'd rather just spend twice the money for a bus three times the size that is going to retain its impressiveness in mass. I think you, I think you nailed it there for, for a lot of us, which is, you know, the, the cost of entry on some of these items, you know, the, the one must have item for me in the general giant lineup right now is the Deadpool pen holder. And that's awesome, and I'm going to own it. But it's also really expensive for what it is. That's 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 $80 or $90 for essentially, you know, half a pound of clay. Sculpted really awesomely, but still. <laughs> and you're going to get ink on it. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I really like that... Uh that pen holder deal that i mean the just the face sculpt i mean it how they achieve the look of the fabric over the face just it's a really cool a really well done design and if i was a deadpool fan i would for sure pick that up it is awesome i'm not a deadpool fan i like squirrel pool more than deadpool but i can appreciate a well done piece and i do find deadpool amusing and I look at that and I'm like, yeah, for 30, I would be all over that and have it at work. For 90, I can't even justify it. I have some credit sitting at Entertainment Earth and I'm like, I don't think I want to use 90 bucks of my credit on that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, mine's going to have a strict no Sharpie policy. They're showing Sharpies in all their promo images. <laughs> <laughs> Well, to wrap it up, let's look back, and I want to ask, down the line, what was your favorite item you purchased this past year? And even if it didn't come out this year, what was the favorite item you purchased? And Marjorie, we'll start with you. I think Geek came out with a Modoc coffee cup that holds, like, I swear it's like half gallon of coffee. So it's amazing because I can get so much coffee, and, well, then because it's Modoc. Downside, it's hand wash. I can live with it. Justin, what is your favorite purchase of the year? You know, that's kind of difficult. You know, there's been a lot of good things. You know, Ironmonger, which we just talked about a couple weeks ago, is incredible. And, you know, will live in my collection for the rest of my days. But I think I have to to just go back and look at some of the things that I was more impressed with than I thought I would be initially. You know, kind of the bang for the buck type of thing. I think overall, this year, the thing that surprised me the most and has given me the most enjoyment just looking at over and over again is going to be the Diamond Select Hulk figure. 
I think they just nailed it with him. I mean, the face sculpt, the size, the heft, the articulation, it's all there. And, you know, I wasn't expecting that much out of the Diamond Select line. And they, I think they just nailed it and hit it out of the park on that guy. Are you talking about the movie one or the most recent? The, the Avengers Hulk. The, the Avengers Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. Good choice. Jerry, how about you? And I wonder if yours is new or old. That's what I immediately go to. Uh, you know, uh, I am struggling so much here because I bought a lot of cool Toy Biz figures, at least figures that I've just just really had some passion for that I've talked on the show before that I was glad to get my hands back on them. But I don't think any of them were necessarily a standout just as individuals. I mean, I bought the Iron Man U.S. Agent, you know, from the Toy Biz line in the 90s. Really like that. I bought the the um, that Strange Transformations pack with the Cosmic Spider-Man and the Symbiotic Transformation one. And these are all just individually really really good, but I guess I'll have to go with, this is kind of an oddball one, I think we'll have some, you know, some other categories, I can go more toys, but one of the things that I was really excited about getting, because I never had it back in the day, and I was able to get it for a pretty decent price, was my PlayStation 1 copy of X-Men Children of the Atom. I've not even actually played it yet, but I love the cover art, the disc that I got is just in perfect condition. I mean, this is like a brand new uh, game. I paid like twenty nine ninety five for it, and it's kind of weird. A lot of these Capcom, X Men, Street Fighter, Marvel, blah blah blah. All these PS one versions of these games are are kind of expensive, especially if you want to get a good one. I mean, if you just want the the disc half scratched up just to play, maybe you do okay. But with the case, the insert, a scratch free disc. People can command pretty good dollars out of those. So I was uh, really happy to get that one. To me, that kind of, that started it all. That, that was the, hey, this Street Fighter, which I'm a huge Street Fighter fan, more so than I ever, you know, the Mortal Kombat's are okay. But to me, I was a hardcore Street Fighter fan. So to say that, hey, we've got this engine, we've got this game, we can just put all kinds of characters into this. And X-Men Children of the Atom was the first one to do that. And I, I really dug that. And I like having that in my collection. That was a good, that was a good grab. Which, by the way, we didn't mention if, if anybody is, um, Xbox Live Arcade, PlayStation Network, you know, they came out with like a Marvel versus Capcom classic game set you could buy that was Marvel superheroes. And I think, uh, what was it? Marvel versus Capcom one were in that set. So pretty good grab for like 15 bucks, whatever it was. Hey, Jerry, if you want are so into those games, you got to head out. And I finally broke down and picked up the Marvel vs. Capcom art of book that has, like, the character art going all the way back to Children of the Atom and before that, even the Punisher game. You will yeah. really enjoy that book for 20 bucks or 25 on Amazon. When you talked that on the show a couple weeks ago, I that real I didn't even know it was out there. That really made me uh, uh, cock an eyebrow and say, ooh, what, you know, what is that? So. Yeah, I picked it up. It's pretty glorious. Yeah, those those <laughs> Udon books are fantastic. They've done them for Street Fighter. They've done them for Mega Man slash Rockman. They they've taken for mo- most part they've taken like Capcom's original Japanese books and then translated them over here. But they just, I mean, it's so much for what you pay. It absolutely cannot recommend those books highly enough. Dan, what about you? Well. I mentioned Beta Ray Bill earlier. I, I always enjoyed the character from the comics. Uh, I was glad to finally get him in an action figure form. I also really liked the, uh, we didn't, we didn't really talk about this set, but the, uh, San Diego Comic Con exclusive Masters of Evil, mostly because it includes Baron Zemo, which was one of the figures Mattel made way back in the eighties, uh, in their Secret Wars line. So they're, they're slowly updating those characters in the Marvel Universe line, which I'm really happy about. But my most recent exciting purchase for me, and this is just a personal thing because I always, always liked the comic book growing up, was uh, I just recently picked up all of the Alpha Flight Minimates from Diamond. And there's uh, 10 characters from the team in total. They were available in different sets, exclusive at different shows and, and various outlets. Um, but I was a big Alpha Flight fan Coming up, the John Byrne, obviously, that's one of my favorite artists. So uh, I was very happy to finally have those guys in some form anyway. Now, Jason, I know you're a bit of a newbie, but what about you? Well, for me this year, my gateway figure was the Avengers Iron Man, the first one um, for the Hasbro version. Um, I've since upgraded to the 
second, more more articulated version. And then I think my next closest favorite is probably the Beast from the Marvel Universe line, just because of all the articulation they have packed into that figure. I think I counted over 20 points of articulation, and that's nuts for a figure that size. But it's just a great figure, and you could do a bunch of great poses, and it's a stellar figure. I guess my next last most favorite figure that is my current uh, Tony Stark Black Sabbath project, I think. <laughs> Total, totally unique and one-off and kind of a labor of love, I guess. Jeff, yours? I'm going to have to take a page out of Jerry's book um, because I actually was going to <laughs> mention that uh, Marvel Superheroes and Marvel vs. Capcom Origins, because that game, it's, I mean, I played that so much. I enjoyed that game so much. I played it nonstop when I was recuperating from an operation. And the X-Men game is great, but it was so hard. And Marvel is significantly easier, so I love it. <laughs> and plus it has Thanos as the boss, so, you know, hey, what can you, can't complain <laughs> about that. But, um, as far as what I actually, uh, got this year. It's it's also taking a page from Jerry. It's a old Toy Biz figure, uh, X Men from I don't know whether it was Wave three, four, or five, but it was a Cable from I found this at a comic store for eight dollars, and it's um it was when the line they were all X Men slash Cable miniseries. Uh, I forgot what the X Force minis X Force. Mm-hmm. X-Force yeah, well, line, X yeah. Force, but I'm saying, but these particular designs were from uh, oh, well, a two issue miniseries. Was it uh, Blood and Metal? I think is the name of the two story. And John Romita Jr. did the artwork, and they were his designs that they made action figures out of, and that is outstanding. John Romita Jr. is to me one of the best artists of all time, and anytime they make figures out of something that he drew, have to get it. So I got the cable that was um, he's blue and gray, comes with the the two the missile launcher that fires two red missiles, and he has a, a bandolier that you can feed through there and it's you know it's at the time i mean i remember when these first came out like up to this point toy business five inches uh marvel and x-men figures they were the kind that had like the goofy smiles on their face and everybody had to be friendly except for that venom with the talking box who wanted to eat your brain but uh (laughs) so this this cable i mean seeing him for seeing him for eight dollars after all this time Man, that just, I mean, that was just such a nostalgic kick. I mean, that's the purchase this year that has brought me the most joy. That's the third edition cable. I actually had that exact one when you said the red rockets and the little gun belt. Yeah, yep. that's a that's a really good one. Bart Sears did the uh, design work on that line. It's when X-Force totally switched over to more cool, buff, superheroic characters. And for me, uh, mine's a little bit out of left field. I bought quite a bit this year. Some of it very expensive. But there's two things that I look at and give me endless amounts of happiness. First is Throg. (laughs) I don't know why I enjoy a frog with Thor's helmet and Mjolnir so much, but damn if it's not funny. And it's one of those items that every time I'm shopping online and I see him, I still want him. And I own him. And so I think that's a good sign. But the second one, and probably what I'm just going to pick as my purchase of the year, is a Howard the Duck candy container from the movie. And it's empty, the candy's out of it, but I bought it when Marjorie and I went on our 10th anniversary trip to Seattle, and we were taken with some friends to Lynn's Toy Stable, this marvelous toy store tucked in the Pacific Northwest, and... It was just a wonderful trip and a wonderful time, and this totally kitschy thing that I remembered from my youth buying at a local bookstore, just sitting at the checkout, these stupid little Howard the Duck candy things, and it just takes me so far back that this, like, $5 purchase is going to be the thing that I go back to most from this year. Oh, brother. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad that I ended up buying an entire case of Howard the Duck trading cards with gum intact. Nice. From a company called Don't Eat the Gum. (laughs) There are no words for this. (laughs) I gotta say, Arnie, I'm disappointed. I thought for sure you were going to be talking about those pieces of Scarlett Johansson's clothing from the Avengers cards. (laughs) It touched her skin, you know. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was pulling for your Secret Wars purchase myself as your favorite, but okay. It was on the same trip. It really was on the same <laughs> trip that I got uh, my first Secret Wars figures and a couple mint on card Secret Wars and a loose Iceman. They were up there. They were very much up there. There's so much that is up there. I mean, it's it was really hard to narrow it down. It was incredibly difficult. Ironmonger. Uh, really, really close. The freaking gantry. I mean, so that much. Awesome. Yeah. They're, they're... They, they need a three and three quarter inch gantry. <laughs> yeah, they do, don't they? Wow. That would suddenly blow my mind. They must make that. Goes well with the, the Bifrost bridge playset. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's just, I have to think of the stuff that I just smile so much when I see it. Ironmonger is so, so cool. And there are so many cool figures. And I've just been playing endlessly with the Marvel Legends and the Marvel Universe figures and posing them on my desk while I record. The Venom from that silly TJ Maxx three-pack has been attacking me while we record here. It's just, there's a lot of fun stuff this year, but I think that's why it all comes down to it's a great time to be a Marvel collector. Very well said. You know, I think the theme of what we've talked about here over the last couple weeks is there's been a lot of stuff, and that means if you're a completist, you're probably going crazy, but even if you're just, you know, somewhat an enthusiast, there's probably been more than a handful of items that have tempted you and you've probably purchased over the last year. I think it'll be interesting to see how Marvel now makes an influence on all of these lines. Like, are we going to see, you know, versions of outfits and sculpts and designs from Marvel now showing up in Marvel Universe and in the Hot Toys line or even, you know, the Marvel uh, Legends line? It'll be kind of kind of cool, I think. I, I I do like some of the designs and some of the reinterpretations of some of the figures' look, but I guess we'll have to see what, what comes in 2013 and beyond. God, you just gave me the scary realization, Jason. I'm like, Hot Toys? Well, they only do movie characters. Oh, crap, they're doing Stealth Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's a Stealth Iron Man in Iron Man 3 and it's all good. Maybe they won't do comic characters. <laughs> Please don't do comic characters. I can't take the wallet hit. <laughs> They'll do that Nick Fury in the updated gear. <laughs> where where I see Marvel now maybe making a little bit of an appearance or an impact would be in the Legends and Universe line. You know, but that I feel like might be sprinkled in. You know, not a whole wave of Marvel now characters, but one character here and there. I think some of it's a no-brainer. I did pick up, thank you, Jeff, a Steve Rogers and a Nick Fury to do a head swap and a hand paint. But I'm doing it thinking, they're just going to come out with this in like two months. I just know Wave 22 is going to have this figure staring at me. You know, that's that's an interesting point because with, with this year, I'm getting back into customizing, which is something I haven't done almost 10 years now. And that's how I got my start being online was by just posting pictures of my, my Star Wars customs. So now getting back with universe and saying, well, I'm, su I'm tired of waiting for Hasbro to make this version. So I'm going to go ahead and make this version on my own. That's kind of fun. I don't know how deep I'll go, but I got a few characters in mind. In all fairness, that's not really too far removed from how Hasbro probably does it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking is, if it's simple enough that I can do it, they should just sell it. They probably will. Exactly. If they, you know, standardized a few things, you know, what they should have done for a long time, you know, neck posts and, and stuff like that. And, you know, kind of basic muscular body buck, you know, that's well articulated that can carry over and be repainted and reaccessorized. I don't see why some of these figures can't be realized. Maybe Hasbro will be as lazy as I am and only do a head swap, and then we have Nick Fury with vitiligo on his hands. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about some of these is that Hasbro, I mean, markedly for the, for the Marvel Universe and Star Wars lines in particular, um, things like head swaps and stuff, they always, well, not always, but most of the time, the ball that the head sits on, you know, they're usually different sizes. You know, sometimes you, you luck out, but then when you look at their G.I. Joe line, right now, every single one, Uniform size right across the board. And they do that specifically so that, like, um, some of the vehicles they've released with a, a really, 
like I think three or two point articulation driver figures. So you can take that head off and put it on a fully articulated figure. So I'd, I'd really like to see that line of thinking go into the Marvel line. I just hope that next year we keep the quality with the lines that have come. You know, that was kind of a discussion this weekend last. We don't know what's happening with the movies. We don't know what's happening with the universe, with Legends. I just hope they keep it going the way it is and don't look at Amazing Spider-Man as a new product model. Amen to that. Seconded. Even though it's not collecting related, I I have to say that uh, I am very much going to miss the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes animated series and anybody missed opportunity to market that thing, shame on you. That was a fantastic animated series and I am sad to see it go. It did grow on me. It took a little while, but it really did get, become a good series. I mean, I, I don't know why it needed to grow on you. I loved it from the first episode. I mean, just golly, when Netflix carried them, my son and I we blasted through that whole series, you know, of what was on Netflix in just a few days. We couldn't get enough of it. The reason it had to grow on me is it started off as those micro series that they released online as mini episodes, and then they spliced them together to 30-minute disjointed ADD stories. And I'm watching those, and I'm like, I don't like it. When they finally got to 30-minute episodes is when it rocked. <laughs> well, I, I enjoyed it all along. I followed it every time there was a new episode, and, and it was very true to the original take on the series mixed in with elements of the modern day and mixed in with elements of the movies and the ultimate line. It was just, I, I really, really loved it. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm sad to see it go and sad that we didn't get any kind of toys based on it. But seeing what we've got coming for Spider-Man next year, maybe a good thing. We might not have got toys based on it, but I think we got a few character selections in Marvel Universe based on their appearance in that show like i think I, that's yes, where that's kang it. came from you know i think the reason we got kang this year is because he was you know pretty prevalent for an arc there yeah that's kind of my feeling too is that it tied in which is why i'm like why did, haven't we got a marvel universe modok yet but yeah if ultimate spider-man is any indication of where they're going to take the avengers i'm gonna stop watching there, there's this uh hulk series coming out too that looks strange to me but i'm willing to give it a shot i'll give it a shot but i think that they're trying to be too hip for my tastes yeah all right guys well thank you very much for joining us these past two weeks it has been great and i look forward to the time we can all get together and do this again maybe sometime after iron man sounds good Thanks, Arnie. And we will be back with a new show in two weeks. So have a happy new year. And we're taking the new years off because we're all going to be really hungover. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't be, but the ones who would be on the show January 2nd would all be really hungover. <laughs> so until next time, true collectors make mine marvelicious. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help our show by leaving a positive review for the show on iTunes. There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. At the site, you can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for Marvel toys, talk and trade with the Marvelicious forums, and much more. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. We want to hear your thoughts on Marvel collectibles. You can leave reports of your latest toy finds as well as product reviews on our voicemail at 803-MARVEL-4 or email an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at MarveliciousToys.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Arnie Carvalho. Podcast enhancement by Barrett. Marvelicious website design by Jason. Graphic design by Justin. Announcements by Brock. The Marvelicious theme song, Bam Pow Kablam, is composed by Joe Harrison. See more of Joe's work at www.starwarsfanworks.com slash lionsmouth. If you also like Star Wars, Star Wars Collecting is covered weekly at our other podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at swactionnews.com. Marvel Comics and all of the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. 
Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media production. Copyright 2012. All rights reserved. And joining us once again is Jerry. Maybe not. Maybe? Jerry? Maybe he went to the bathroom. And Jerry. I'll just cut and paste his. There you go. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Just kidding. That was a pretty good impression, actually. <laughs> I, like, thought was, I thought that was him. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in and see if even Jerry notices. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys know this. She keeps asking me if she can buy a taxidermied squirrel pool. There's a guy who makes custom taxidermy of small animals, and people dress him up as, like, little... <laughs> Like revolutionary squirrels and everything. Tell me that would make a cool squirrel pool. Yeah, in pictures that might be cool, but I don't know if I want a dead <laughs> squirrel in my house. I mean, he's embalmed and everything. It's okay. It's not like he's rotting. Yeah, actually, he is. Just slower. I hate it when we go to the hunting lodge for dinner and there's all those dead animals around, let alone one with a gimp mask and a sword. That would be awesome! <laughs> <laughs> Position it to where like it's a letter opener for you. You can like just pull it out, zip it, put it right back in. That would be get so some cool. fun with that. <laughs> it really became great. Why did I do Tony yeah, the Tiger? What happened there? <laughs> <laughs> great. Like, <laughs> yeah. Stop saying that. Oh, one quick thing here. <laughs> <laughs> what are we Nobody likes that. <laughs> That's I why I do it. <laughs> I do have one quick ad insert to add in. Jerry can do a solo show on January second if he'd like. Yeah, Sweet. timely review. I'll join you, Jerry. No problem. <laughs> All right, the Jerry, the Jerry and Curto takeover. Yeah, <laughs> not the first time I've done that. <laughs> So say it's got uh, April first written all over it, yeah. <laughs>